Welcome to You and I. I'm Jackie Kai Ellis, and it's my genuine hope that through sharing our most vulnerable stories, we know, in the moments where it matters so much, that we're actually not alone. It needs to be said, I'm not a professional, just someone with some personal experience to share. I do hope this is helpful, but as always, take the advice that resonates and ignore what doesn't. And don't hesitate to seek out professional help through a trusted source. We have resources on our website. This question was supposed to be one that we explored with an interview in the next episode. But the more I thought about it, the more I really wanted to explore this solo with you. It's something that's so personal to me and something that I've recently been reminded of too. They write, How do you know he's the one? We keep all of our askers anonymous, so I've decided to name you the one. Dear the one, you know, I've spent a lot of time wondering the same question myself. And I've also wondered, what does the one even mean? Is it the person that you feel an inexplicable meet-cute kind of connection with? Is it your soulmate? Is it a person you love irresistibly, beyond rationality? Is it the person you go gray with? The person you choose to stay with? And if you break up, does that mean they weren't the one after all? You see, when my ex-husband and I divorced, I wondered if I'd made the wrong decision to marry him, if I'd chosen the wrong man. I wondered if I was too young and naive to have made the choice I made, or if he would have been the one if I was born in another time or culture where I wouldn't have had the choice but to stay. I wondered if we were never destined to stay. I wondered if there would be another one out there for me. I wanted to find the answers to these questions with a kind of intensity that borders curiosity and desperation. I needed these answers so that I wouldn't find myself in the same sore place again, suffering the same disappointment. No, the word disappointment is much too watered down for something like divorce. I'd rather say something like, the same disaster, a natural one, like an avalanche or an earthquake, one that destroys almost everything. You blink and your world has changed. Like natural disasters, we all know divorces are possible, even probable, but we never really think it's going to be now, or it's going to happen to us. So naturally, for the next decade, I searched for answers. Every time I struck up a conversation with a couple celebrating their 48th anniversary, if I met high school sweethearts, I'd ask the secret to a lasting relationship. To me, It seemed like maybe this was what defined the one from just someone that you loved, that it would last. They'd respond, don't go to bed angry. It's about trust or respect, or you stick with it through the hard parts. There were so many answers, but as the years passed, I realized the only consistent thread was that each answer was different. And what worked for each couple was unique to them and what they valued in people. I questioned if there was such a thing as the one. I wondered how much of this idea had been fabricated by the media. Or maybe 
this idea was portrayed in the media because it's such a universal longing to be found uniquely special to one person, to be loved for who we truly are. Is this what makes someone the one? My mother told me that throughout her childhood, she would often have a recurring dream, seeing a sea of cotton below her. She said that as a child, the dream had always confused her. When she was 13, she met my father. As I've heard many times, because I like hearing this story very much, they were at a wedding where she was the maid of honor and he was the best man. My dad says that the moment he laid eyes on my mom, he leaned over to his brother and said, hey, look, there's the woman that I'm going to marry. Did he really know? We're not sure. But to this day, I suspect it was more because she was and still is incredibly beautiful. A couple years later, they met again. A voice in my mother's head said, this man is going to be your husband. Shortly afterwards, my father left Hong Kong to finish high school in Canada, and so they exchanged letters, as phone calls were too costly for two young lovers. When he graduated, he wrote my mother a letter asking her to marry him. My father said he was young, but that he would promise to do his best to take care of her. So she said yes. When the time had come, my mom decided to leave the only life she had ever known to marry my dad in Canada. She boarded a plane for the very first time, and after it took off, she looked out the window to see a sea of cotton, the exact same sea she saw in her dreams for so many years. 49 years later, they're still married. To know you are destined for someone, despite your inadequacies, the divine security of knowing that you are made to love each other no matter what, is this what makes someone the one? And yet, my parents have had their fair share of hard times, times where they wondered if they were better off apart. My father says that perhaps the reason they're still together is that my mom hates to be wrong. She would have hated to be wrong about him, and that it was her stubbornness that kept them together. Is that what makes someone the one? A stubbornness for each other? I never figured it out, and I don't deny that I dated looking for something like this an inexplicable feeling or surety from an inner voice that some get. I wanted that answer before I jumped, the security of knowing I was making a good choice, the right choice, one that was blessed by destiny and so could not possibly backfire and hurt me with a less romantic ending. But for me, this never came. I chose to marry again, not because of a voice in my head, but because he's kind and open-hearted. And he's shown me time and time again that he will be there for me, even when I find it hard to be. I chose him because he's playful and curious, and he's so caring that he equally nurtures his close friends as much as he fights for his community and the ideals that keep us hoping in humanity. I chose him because I trust I'm safe with him as I am, because he challenges me to learn how to love more every day because he does it so well. Does that make him the one? I still don't know. But what I will do is share a note that I wrote to him the day we were married. It said, Joan Didion once wrote, 
you have to pick the places you don't walk away from. And then I wrote to him, like the places we build a home or the people we build homes in, I pick you. You are my place. So maybe finding the one is a little simpler than we all think. Maybe it's just who we pick and the places we don't walk away from. Thank you, the one. I hope you got something helpful out of this. If anything, know that you're not alone. You see, we all struggle. We all mourn, yearn, question, laugh, and cry. No matter our age, background, or titles, at our core, we're all not so different, you and I. Because this was supposed to be next month's question, I've chosen a new question in its place. They write, how can we learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable? If you feel inspired to respond to this asker and are interested in exploring this topic with me in the next episode, or if you have a short word of wisdom for them, write to us on the contact page on youandipodcast.com or DM us on Instagram at youandi.podcast. And of course, as always, please submit your questions there too. They're completely anonymous. If you enjoyed this episode, like and subscribe to our channel, which helps others who might be interested find us. And feel free to share this episode with someone who may find it helpful as well. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Jackie Kai Ellis, and this is You and I. This podcast was produced and edited by More Good Media.